Right now, though, we're going to do a quick update from Nova Scotia. It's been almost two full years now since Gabriel Wartman went on a deadly rampage across that province. Uh, It started with him attacking his spouse. He went on to kill 13 of his neighbours and then headed out uh, on a spree that left nine more people dead across the province. It's been three weeks now since a public inquiry got started. And to be honest, the way it got started didn't really inspire a lot of confidence in people. And it sort of bumped its way along for a couple of weeks. But perhaps now uh, things seem to be picking up speed. Let's get an update. We're going to chat with Brian Hill. Uh, Brian is a national online journalist with Global News. Hello, Brian. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. So this inquiry started Feb. 22, uh, but it seemed like right from day one, a lot of people were upset and, or concerned about what this inquiry was going to do and how it was going to be handled, correct? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, there, there, there was, uh, I think it's fair to say people were upset. I, I mean, even perhaps stronger words would be appropriate. Like, th- there was a lot of uh, concern and, and dismay about the way in which uh, the, the inquiry got underway. Um, it really started with um, a couple days of what seemed like a tangential at best kind of uh, pr- presentations and um, uh, some panels from people discussing the life in rural Nova Scotia uh, and really didn't get to any of the substance that I think victims' families, their lawyers, and the public in general have been waiting so long uh, to hear. And so, so there was there was a lot of concern that, uh, when this whole thing got started, people really just weren't getting the answers that they wanted. But last week, uh, there was a reset on this. There was a, a, not a start over, but sort of, hey, we're going to change the way we're doing this. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, it's interesting because I've followed the proceedings and, I, and I've been reporting on the, the shooting spree since the very, very beginning um, in April 2020. And I think there was a, a real shift in tone from the commission itself, from the head commissioner, uh, Michael McDonald, who's the former chief justice of Nova Scotia, a very respected uh, legal voice in the province for sure. But I think the tone really changed where... Um, you know, there have been days of kind of legal wrangling back and forth with lawyers for the police union just arguing that police shouldn't be made to testify. Lawyers for victims' families saying, well, we absolutely want the police to testify. We need to hear what they did, what they didn't do. We need to understand, the, you know, they're the ones who can answer these really important questions we have. And and so that Michael McDonald, the head of the inquiry, came out um, on Wednesday last week uh, and, and essentially said, well, you know what, we are going to hear uh, from these police officers. We're going to call the first RCMP officers who arrived on the scene to testify. We are going to call senior members of the RCMP, including the commissioner, Brenda Lucky, including the former deputy commissioner in the, or assistant commissioner in Nova Scotia. Uh, we're also now uh, going to hear from the gunman's uh, common law spouse, Lisa Banfield, who up until last week was facing criminal charges, and those have now been essentially they've been shifted to a process where she no longer faces the threat of a criminal conviction. And so I think it was like a major shift and something that the families really had been asking for and that the public was really asking for. And and I I got that sense too, in listening to the commissioner speak that I think there was a realization that people need to see this justice done before their own eyes. And, And that's what we're, you know, that's what people are hoping we'll see now going forward. You mentioned the police and really interesting argument about whether or not they should testify, coming down to something called having a trauma-informed approach to this inquiry. Explain that. It was something new to me. I, I don't remember hearing of this before. Mm-hmm. So, 
uh, the, the, the inquiry itself has been tasked with taking what's called a trauma-informed approach. It's actually part of like their, their orders, their mandate uh, from the government. And that basically, in common language, what that means, like not legally, not legally, but in common language, what it means is essentially being sensitive to the fact that uh, people involved in this, in this awful, awful tragedy have gone through something very traumatic. And so when you're questioning them, gathering evidence from them, when you're asking them to testify, you do that in a way that aims to minimize or reduce the risk of re-traumatization. So, you know, you don't want them to uh, feel hurt or 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 victimized by having to speak about these really awful events. And so that's this approach you take. Uh, the police union argued that that meant officers, uh, RCMP officers, couldn't testify because to do so would be too traumatic. Um, and therefore, there should be essentially an, a blanket exception saying that none of the first responders should be made to testify under oath and in person. Lawyers for the victims' families countered this, of of course, and said, well, we want to hear from them. And that's not our understanding of this trauma-informed approach. And in fact, if, if the commission accepted the argument from the police union, they'd be doing a real disservice to Canada's criminal justice system because police officers testify in violent and sure. traumatic cases all the time, right? It's, it's, it's actually part of their job. And so, you know, that they, these were the, this was the back and forth that yeah. happened that led up to that decision from uh, the commissioner, Michael McDonald, to say, well, we will hear from them and hear from them. And, you know, and as you say, it's new to you. And I think it might be new to many people, um, but it's not that new in terms right. of Canada's justice system. There are entire courts that take trauma informed approach to cases uh, around domestic violence or, um, you know, the immigration and refugee board, which is a, a massive tribunal, a uh, largest judicial tribunal in Canada. They hear about, you know, tens of thousands of cases a year. It's standard practice take a trauma-informed approach in those hearings because the people coming here to claim refugee protection have often gone through wars or, uh, you know, torture or, or, or all sorts of forms of violence and intimidation. So it isn't actually yeah. new, like they argued. Um, okay, so what's the timeline on this? Uh, how long will this inquiry last and what's the final outcome? Will there be a report produced? I mean, where does it go? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, <laughs> the fact that they're now going to call 25 witnesses yeah. <laughs> that they didn't, didn't plan to call before may, may change things. Uh, we've spoken to legal experts who say that they think it likely will. Uh, the, the inquiry is supposed to submit a an interim report by May 1st. The public hearings will not uh, aren't even scheduled to be finished by then, and that was before these new witnesses are set to appear. So, uh, I don't know, uh, I, 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 you know, they're, right now, they're scheduled to bring in a, a to deliver an interim report May first and a final report uh, by the beginning of November. Um, that seems optimistic, given the work that's still to be done and the fact that now all these witnesses and maybe more are going to be called. So, uh, you know, that's the set schedule, but who knows? Okay, Brian, thank you so much for the update. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. That is Brian Hill, who is a national online journalist with Global News, covering the inquiry, the public inquiry into the Nova Scotia shooting that happened uh, almost two years ago. It was April of 2020.